Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle. With your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Nip Talk. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. For all those watching live or on recording, we thank you very much. Please crush that like and subscribe button. We really appreciate it. With me today is my host, Sarah Bennett, or co-host Sarah Bennett. Hi. How you doing, Sarah? I'm good. And in the box, as always, we got Travis. How's your week been, Travis? My week has been good. How about y'all? It's been great. Really hey. good. So, so uh, any, uh, any exciting things happen for you this week, Sarah? Typical work week? Typical stuff. Yeah. yeah. Typical stuff. Yeah, I had a pretty quiet week as well. Uh, I mean, definitely work, but, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, just kind of standard yeah. stuff. Uh, I did buy some new men's stuff for my store. Did you? So I'm excited I might have to about stop that. by and check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm definitely excited. will. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I am doing something a little interesting this coming weekend. Um, did either of y'all do the immersive Van Gogh exhibit when it was I've in town? I've definitely heard about it, but I have not gotten to go. Yeah, I had a lot of friends talk about it, but I haven't, I haven't gotten to go either. So the Van Gogh happened, uh, that one was last year. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we went and loved it. In fact, we sat through it a few times. I, I brought a little uh, clip of it that we can show uh, Trelvis, which, uh, Basically what it is, is it's Van Gogh's paintings and they're like living and moving on this massive screen and it's set to music and I didn't record the music here, um, but it's like all around you in this, like almost like a, a room that's made of screens. It's and really great. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you know, you can buy drinks there, so you can mm -hmm. have drinks and watch it. And it runs about 45 minutes and there's different rooms and different like sizes of rooms that you can watch it in. And we, we really enjoyed it. We, we had a great time. And, and, and when we were there, we even said, I would love for them to do Monet because I don't know if you guys are into you know, classical artists, but Monet does a lot of impressionist type paintings. Right. Uh, they're very colorful and it's in, in almost similar to Van Gogh mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the color scheme. And so sure enough, they've come out with a, an immersive Monet uh, oh, really? which, yeah, so that's here in Dallas right now. And it's not just in Dallas, it's like in, in lots of cities all, all throughout the, out the country. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I think you just gave me a good little like date spot. Dude, uh, totally, man. And you, <laughs> who, are you gonna, who are you gonna take on a date? I don't know. I, I have to figure. I have to figure that part out. You just put me on the spot. I'm not gonna. Lie. <laughs> I have to figure that part out. But no, it is a good date thing because uh, you know you, they they have like a little bar there and you can go and you get drinks and you sit in there and you can watch and it lasts about 45 minutes and like it's it's so much though that like we we sat through it three times now. We probably would have just done it twice, but we had dinner reservations, and we were just like, well. Waiting around. Yeah, waiting around, but like we totally enjoyed it three times, and we went to different rooms, and uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So we're going to hit the Monet one uh, this weekend, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'll take a couple of video clips just so you yeah. can guys. What part of Dallas is it in? So it's in downtown. There's a name. I, you, now you put me on the spot. My bad. No, no, it's totally cool. Like, I, I, no, uh, I, the, there's a special building. It's like a historic building that it's in okay. downtown. Kind of over there by like the book depository area, so like really downtown, downtown, right. like you know, or maybe like lower uptown. I think I can find it from there, downtown Dallas. That should be simple enough. I got you. Yeah, if you if you Google it, like you can find it. It's it's pretty 
there's a lot of stuff out there. And it's not just in Dallas. Like, people watching from other cities, like, it's if you live in a larger metroplex, yeah, then... definitely or, heard about it. I've yeah. seen people post about it all over social media. So. Yeah, and they're, I think yeah. they're actually already planning a third one that's, like, immersive, like, Egypt or immersive... Uh, Tutankhamen, King Tut, I guess something about Egypt. Nice. Uh, which, yeah, I think it'd be interesting, you know. Like I said, it's not, you know, like a life-changing event, but it is totally fun for, like, you know, a Friday, Saturday night, a date thing. Uh, even, you know, if older kids might enjoy it, if they're, uh, you know, if they like art at all, or just even, you know, seeing the colors and the music. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'll definitely have to give you guys a full report. Uh, I'm excited to check it out. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Travis, I want to hear about that date that you go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got you. I will definitely, <laughs> definitely keep got, you updated. You definitely got to take I some got pictures. You. Okay, so uh, I wanted to uh, start with our first segment, and this is coming from a question that I get in my office all the time. People will come in, and they'll have issues with their body, whatever they might be, and people want to know, is this issue something that I can fix on my own with exercise or other methods, or is surgery my only option? So for today's uh, Plastic Surgery 411, we're doing can I reshape my body? Hey, that's me. It is you. <laughs> I know. Isn't that cool? It says, <laughs> can I reshape my body after pregnancy without surgery? So I want to kind of go through some of the things that can happen, you know, either through pregnancy or weight gain, weight loss, because that is a very similar effect on the body. And we can kind of educate people on what you potentially could, could fix yourself or what you might have to get help from. So uh, I do get a lot of people coming in with, with, with questions about their breasts after pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel bad for you girls, you know, it's, you really got like a raw deal because, you know, you, you have to carry the children and it really kind of affects your body in a yeah. negative way. And it takes over your entire body. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and there is some variance in that. Sometimes people will ask me, you know, I'm going to have a baby. What can I do to try to limit the effects? And and there are there are things you can do. Like most notably is just not let your weight gain get on the extreme side. Yeah. I mean, I would never ever tell anyone, you know, don't gain weight in pregnancy to you yeah. know, to protect your body because obviously the baby's health is most important. But that being said, there there are, you know, scales of how much you can gain safely. And mm -hmm. so, you know, where I see people that get the biggest negative changes to their body is when they get a pretty rapid weight gain that's kind of above and beyond will be considered a normal amount for pregnancy. Because right. you know? some people get pregnant and they're like, uh, it's almost like, okay, well, this is my time to, you know, eat whatever I want because, I, you know, I want to have the weight. I food. definitely had my days like that when I was Did pregnant. Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah, because then you get these cravings and, like, yeah. you know, you're uncomfortable and it's like comfort food. I literally gone to Slotchkey's one time and just bought one of those <laughs> large sandwiches, a cinnamon bun, potato like, soup. I ate all of it and then I fell asleep. <laughs> like that was like a normal like once a month thing, I swear. Yeah. yeah I, and I feel for you because, like you know, bear. we, my, my wife, you know, had two pregnancies and like, you know, she was uncomfortable and like, you know, having food is, is kind of comfort, right? Mm -hmm. And you're expected to eat. But yeah, I mean, that is one thing people can do. But kind of going, you know, from area to area, you know, people ask me about their breasts after pregnancy and, you know, can I fix this on my own? Because some of the issues that people will sometimes bring up to me is, well, I really liked, you know, my pregnancy breasts, and is there something I can do on my own to, to restore that? And unfortunately, the answer for the most part is no. I mean, there is truth to the fact that if you gain weight, that your breasts will get larger, but, you know, you're, when, when you're pregnant, the breasts gain weight at a bigger proportion, so like you gaining weight just, you know, 
out of pregnancy is probably not going to give you that that result that you want. And, and plus, it's hard to encourage people to like put on weight purposefully to you know to get larger breasts. Mm, yeah, I mean, because it, it's one silly. you're probably going to be disappointed, and two, you know, having too much weight is certainly a little bit detrimental for your health. You know, the other thing about breasts that people ask me about is, uh, you know, I've had some sagging, you know, because the breasts get large, they lose that weight, mm -hmm. and the, the skin starts to sag. And people will ask me about, well, is there any chest exercises I can do? You know, you're in the gym a lot. You, yeah. Do people probably talk about this. They do, but most of the time, I mean, the only thing I could think that would help would just be perkiness, but I yeah. just... The, the, and, and that's that's a good you know thought process of okay if I if I exercise my chest will that help with the perkiness of my breast, and the, the answer is kind of no. Mm -hmm. um, you know having a larger chest muscle does play into you know the appearance and size of your breast. However, you know above that chest muscle you have the breast mound which is mostly fat with some fibrous tissue and skin, and those those are the tissues that are actually damaged that cause that change in the shape. And yeah. so, you know, you can work out your chest a lot and be healthier and, you know, maybe be a little bit more fit looking, but that change in shape to your breasts is just really not something that you can do on your own. Mm -hmm. And so people ask me, well, okay, is surgery my only option? And I'd say once again, that if you want to go with what's best, the answer is yes. I mean, we, we do have technologies for skin tightening these days, and I have a couple machines in my office that I like. You know, one's a laser and the other is a um, microneedling with radiofrequency energy, and we do use that for skin tightening. The problem with the breast is that it's not just the skin that has issues, it's also the breast tissue internally. Mm -hmm. Like, the structural component of that breast gets stretched out, and these treatments aren't going to help that. Yeah. So, you know, you can use a skin tightener on your breast, and you might gain just a tiny percent of, of tightness, but, but really you're probably not going to get that outcome that you want. And so when it comes to the breast, unfortunately, it's kind of bad news all around. Like, yeah. like really, surgery is kind of the only thing that can help significant changes to the breast. Yeah, I plan on getting something done Hopefully, after I have another kid, yeah, I and want that, another one. So that, that, and that brings up a couple of good points, uh, actually. So thank you. You know, first is when should you uh, kind of look at your body after pregnancy and think, okay, this is what it's going to be, right? Because mm -hmm. you know, you you get pregnant, you gain the weight, you lose the weight, and then your body goes through changes. Like if your skin gets loose to a certain degree, it will tighten back up. The the fat tissue that you gain does tend to fall off. And so uh, most plastic surgeons would tell you wait like a minimum of six months. So you, you deliver your baby, wait six months and kind of see where you're at. And further, like if you're still seeing changes in your body, like you're noticing you're still, you know, shedding pounds or skin's, mm -hmm. you know, changing, then I would wait until that stabilized. Yeah. You know, uh, and then the other point that you brought up is um, about if you have uh, an issue when you can have surgery after after that. So the big one is like with the, and I'm thinking more along the lines of the breast and breastfeeding. Most people want you to wait three to six months for that. Yeah. If you want to do it for surgery. Yeah, because I breastfed yeah. and I have implants. Because yeah. so. you may breastfeed a lot longer than, yeah. you know, your obviously your delivery date. So it's like when after that is it safe? So. Yeah. So we do have like a, a quick question. Yeah. Um, from Dwight Crown over. He says, do you feel like it is more the woman's thoughts about her self-image of her body or just society demanding that perfect body? Well, I think that the answer is yes and yes. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
you, you get people, you know, I, we are our own worst critics. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at myself in the mirror, like, and I, like, I'm, I get nervous, like I'm gaining too much weight. Now, obviously, I'm not a big dude, right? No. But, and so it's kind of like, it's my own kind of like psychosis here where I'm like looking at myself and being overcritical. And, and in my profession, talking to people in my office, like I see it all the time. Yeah. You know, people will come in and, and they will have these complaints about their body. And a lot of times I have to, you know, kind of bring them down to reality that look, you, you, you look good or you, you look normal. Like you, if you want to fix something, that's fine, but you shouldn't feel ashamed of, how you look because no one's perfect, right? Like we all yeah. have our little flaws. And like body dysmorphia is such a real thing. Like totally. Whenever yeah. I got my implants, it's I got it because one, like I, I just wanted to. Sure. But I didn't depend on it for my happiness. Like I wasn't. That's right. That's good. I wasn't like yeah. depressed out of my mind because I didn't yeah. have big enough chest. Yeah. It was just something like, oh, that's just a cherry on top. Right. It wasn't, yep. you know, it's not supposed to, like, change your entire life. And we've talked about that in the past on, on different episodes about, you know, what is, like, how does the person's, you know, self-image change after surgery? And, and really, like, the, the studies all show that if, if somebody has an issue and, and they do a surgery to fix it, that it really does improve their both self-esteem and body image. But, of totally. course... You know, I, I feel like that sometimes people get preyed upon, uh, you know, and, and society does it. Like, you know, they, they make people feel like they have to have this unrealistic expectation. And then there's people who want to profit off of it, you know, even in my own profession, like mm -hmm. plastic surgeons or estheticians or whatever. Like they, I don't know, I, I think sometimes people do get taken advantage of, you know, because I'm not that guy where you come into my office, I'm like, oh, you need this and you need that and you need this. Like, for me, it's like, okay, what are you concerned about? And then let me tell you what your options are. But yeah, I don't know if it's always like that. And um, yeah, it makes me sad, honestly, that, you know, people are held to such high expectations and then, you know, almost like coerced into doing these things. Yeah. I'm lucky I didn't have a plastic surgeon like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I know. I'm always critical of my profession, which I think everyone should be critical of their professions, right? Yeah. You want your profession to be respected, be yeah. and you know you want people in your profession to do the right thing. And so, I don't. I, I'm not sure that always happens in, in my profession. Right. You know? I mean, there are a lot of great plastic surgeons out there. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's like anything. There's there's people that aren't aren't the best, no matter what you know profession it is. So. Um, so the other area that people always ask me about, you know, post-pregnancy or weight gain, weight loss is, is abdomen. Yeah. And this one is super tricky because I get a lot of people that will come to my office and they will be asking about one procedure and what they really need is something totally different because there are a lot of things that happen to your abdomen during pregnancy and not everyone fully understands all of those processes. So the first thing people ask me about is if I have a little bit of extra fat tissue, can I get rid of that? And this is where I have happy news. Yes, of course, if you have a little bit of extra fat tissue and you, you hit the gym hard, you watch what you eat, you can definitely lose that. Now, yeah. there are limits to that, right? Because genetics plays a part. Some people are predisposed to hold fat tissue more readily than others. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing. And then age as well, yes. as our metabolism slows down. And I'm, I'm going through this now. I, I used to be able to eat whatever I want and, and never gain any weight and, and I can't do that anymore I, mm -hmm. I truly have to like tie an exercise now it's horrible like, yeah after I had Avery my daughter like I had to start watching what yeah, I ate things change yeah. right? yeah totally yeah I, I once again I feel bad for you girls because like it's not only do you like you're getting older but then you're having this these things that you know, these pregnancies that really yeah. kind of affect you um 
So, uh, so anyway, the good news is, is if you do carry extra fat tissue, generally you can improve that with diet and exercise, and so that, that is good. 100%. The next thing is, is the skin, you know, because what will happen a lot of times is people will deliver their baby, they'll start working out, and then they're just unhappy with how they look, and they'll come into me and they'll say, I, I delivered my baby, I've been working out for nine months, I've been working out a year, and things are just not changing. And so I take a look at them, and what their issue is is loose skin. Yeah. You know, because as you gain weight with a pregnancy, your skin gets stretched out, just like when people gain weight and lose weight, like without pregnancy. And fortunately, our skin does have some ability to snap back. There's a protein called elastin, which just like it sounds, it's the elastic part of our skin. Right. And if you gain some weight and you lose it, you can see that skin make a little bit of a comeback, but there's limits to it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you gain a lot of weight, you gain it rapidly, you, you get some permanent damage to that skin where it can't come back all the way. So I get women who come in and they're asking, can I fix this problem? And, and unfortunately, I have to tell them no. Like, if your skin is stretched out and it's kind of past the phase of snapping back, it is what it is. And that can be very frustrating for people. Now, as far as like, do you have to have surgery? No, this is where something like a skin tightening procedure might help. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always a little nervous to push skin tightening procedures because you know, if you want to compare like skin tightening with surgery versus a, a machine of some sort, the way I would say is that surgery is very, very predictable. And mm -hmm. if I take a knife and I cut away skin and I close it, I can make it whatever I want. You yeah. know, if I'm a good artist, which, you know, I hope at this point, I, I think I am a good artist. Um, with a machine, you're doing a treatment and then you're seeing how the skin's going to react. And so there is definitely a little bit uh, less predictability with that. And, and for extreme cases of skin stretch, the machine probably is going to fall short. Have yeah. you ever done any skin tightening procedures? Probably not. You're young. You're healthy. No. No. But, I mean, I've been interested in it because whenever I was pregnant, my stomach stretched out a lot. Mm. Like, I didn't get stretch marks, but that's because that's I kept putting oil and stuff yeah. on my belly whenever I felt like it was itching. Sure. So, um, I didn't have any of that, but my stomach is definitely a lot different from whenever I was in my early 20s. Sure. And... <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think I have that... Um, that abdominal thing that you get after you right. have a kid. That's it. So that's the next thing we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because my stomach, yep. it's like so the, I have abs, but it's still like you got a pooch. Pooches out. Yep. Yeah. So that is called rectus diastasis. Yeah. And that is the, the and, and, and honestly, I'm very impressed that you, you know about it. And probably probably because your workout stuff, you know, or have you done yeah, research? Yeah, I've always known about it. Okay. Whenever I got out of, whenever I was um, done with my pregnancy, I joined like this little mommy, oh, like new mom and yeah. baby workout thing. Mm -hmm. And they were always talking, talking about, about it, that. Right. They're like, don't do this type of abdominal workout because mm. it can cause it to even be like more worse yeah. than it was before. So I'm like, oh no. So I've probably been doing all these workouts that I should not be doing uh, because it might be like making it protrude more maybe. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. We can dive into that a little <laughs> bit. But I, I do, I, I commend you because a lot of people that come to my office are just clueless about rectus diastasis. And so uh, I have to kind of like kind of get, educate them. And so what rectus diastasis is, is basically when the abdominal wall, which is that tough layer that separates your inside from your outside, gets stretched out. And yeah. people think that, oh, I can fix that by working out. That's not true, because it's not the muscles themselves that get stretched, it's the layers in between. Mm -hmm. When I do tummy tucks, I open people up, the rectus muscles should be kind of right here on top of each other, and where they're at is like this. Mm -hmm. And there's a space in between, and it's weaker than those muscles. And what happens? The pressure in your abdomen causes it to pooch out. 
And unfortunately, that is something you cannot get rid of on your, on your own. And nor is there any treatment like machine wise that, that you can do to fix that. Yeah. And you know, it's a really frustrating thing for people. And uh, it, it tends to hit thinner people the most because thinner people don't have that, that fat tissue to hide it. You know, mm -hmm. people who are a little bit larger oftentimes don't have any idea that they have it. They just think that the diastasis is part of them, you know, maybe needing to lose weight. Thinner people, it becomes a little bit more apparent because they don't have that much fat layer. And you can see women that have like a little pooch, you know, six months, a year after they deliver, and that's the diastasis. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is definitely something where surgery really is the only option to, to get rid of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, as far as how to prevent it, I mean, it comes back to weight gain. You know, it's that rapid weight gain, you know, during pregnancy that does it. I would say any woman, any woman who's had a pregnancy is going to have some degree of it, yeah. but it definitely varies a lot. Like a twin yeah. pregnancy will crush your abdominal wall in a bad way. You know, you get so stretched out that, uh, you know, when I see patients that have had twins, like they're almost like in a whole nother class as far as like what you have to do right. to tighten that up. I, I should have brought a picture of when I was pregnant. Like I was huge, my tummy. How, how much, can I ask you how much weight you gained? Probably like 40 pounds. It's not terrible. I mean, you sometimes will hear people gaining, you know, 60, 80 pounds. Yeah. You know, my and I wasn't active at all. Like I'm really active now, mm -hmm. but I wasn't very active yeah. when I was pregnant at all. But I luckily I had a lot of muscle memory from mm -hmm. being a gymnast for so long. Yeah. So I've always like I've always had like a stocky build, so it was easy for me to get back to the get gym. Back. Yeah. But I don't think my uh, abdominal issue is. I think it's more of the it's not, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, 40 is like a, a decent amount. Like my, my wife, when she, we've had two pregnancies and she gains a, like just the kind of minimal amount, like not out of trying to do it. She just, just kind of a petite person. So she gained like 20, 22 and then 30, I think mm -hmm. she's, she's really lucky. Like she didn't get any of that. Like, mm -hmm. um, maybe she has a tiny bit, but it's like kind of undetectable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's due to how much, you know, what her weight gain was. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very interesting topic. You know, I, I, I love when people can fix their own problems. You know, I'm not the guy that's like, oh, surgery is the answer for anything. Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, if someone comes in, they got like a little bit extra fat tissue, I'll flat out tell them, hey, you know, you could probably get this on your own if you want. I'm happy to help you if you need that. But, um, but unfortunately, a lot of things you can't do on your own. Yeah. I feel bad for the girls. that way. I know it's the girls too. So, okay, very good. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next segment. So this one is hot. This is big news. Now, have you guys, do you remember the Dr. Death uh, podcast from about 10 year go, years ago? I don't remember the Dr. Death podcast. It sounds kind of familiar, but I can't say that I just 100% remember it. So I think that it's safe to say that we have a possible, so and the reason I bring it up is because that was here in Dallas. Uh -huh. And now it's like Dallas has maybe a new Dr. Death. Dr. Death 2, not sure. <laughs> um, so for the Nip Talk 911, I want to talk about this because this is like all over the news right now. Uh, there was a Dr. Uh, Ortiz, who is an anesthesiologist here in Dallas, who was just arrested uh, last week. And uh, well, he, was, he was arrested. There's this big investigation. At the same time that he was arrested, the Texas Medical Board came out and suspended his license. And I quote saying, He's a continuing threat to public welfare. Uh, 
I mean, that picture you just showed of him made him look real creepy. <laughs> they always pick the worst pictures. Right? Always... I'm like, uh, yeah. he, so like we I were letting say, him put people to sleep. <laughs> I will say this is all alleged, right? There's, he's not been convicted, but I'm just we're reporting, you know, what what the news is. And so this all came about uh, because he works at a surgery center here in the Dallas Metroplex. Okay. And he is suspected of allegedly tampering with the IV fluid bags that people get during surgery. Purposely. Purposefully. Yeah, so the article I was reading, or like, I just glanced at it because I was like, this is weird. It was like he was doing something to like, he was leaving them in a hallway, but like he was leaving them somewhere that they were not supposed to be. No, so what, so I, like we that. probably read the same article. Cause yeah. I, I was pulling like all the articles about this and I actually heard about this through people who know, you know, because it's a small, yeah, it's a small world here, Ooh. you know. Yeah. I mean, Dallas is a huge metroplex, but the surgery world is not that big. Right. And so, yeah, I know people who know him. I know people who know situations. So what you're probably reading about is he was seen on video placing bags into a warmer. So okay. the way, so when patients go to surgery, they get IV fluids. And okay. those bags are stored in a warmer because you don't want to put cold fluid into a person because it actually will decrease their body temperature, which can be detrimental. Right. So the bags are stored in these IV fluid warmers. Well, the weird part is him putting them in there because the bags are usually stocked by the people who run the OR, not the doctors. And really the doctors generally don't even grab them. So like if we're in surgery and the anesthesiologist who's you know putting my patient's sleep needs IV fluid bags, they have somebody that'll run and grab them. So you don't usually see the doctors ever messing with them. So what was happening is they were having patients have these bad outcomes in surgery that were unexpected. Did he cause people to die? Yes, he did. So uh, there was actually several events at the surgery center that were unexpected. People were having cardiac issues and, and no one was sure why. And then what was really the thing that tipped everyone off, there was an anesthesiologist, another one that worked there, a female anesthesiologist. This was happened just a couple months ago. She was sick one day, and so she was dehydrated, and she's like, well, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to give myself some IV fluids, which may sound weird. I mean, when I say that. No, it doesn't sound weird. I've okay. heard of it before. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because sometimes I'll tell people that, that doctors do that, and I've never done it myself, but, like, I know plenty of people that have. But it's really common. It's like, you know, if you're dehydrated and you give IV fluids to people, they feel like a million bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So she was sick with something. She took an IV fluid bag from the surgery center, took it home, put the IV in herself, and she immediately died which is unexpected, right? Like, it's one thing if you have a complication in surgery because the surgery itself is a risk for cardiac issues, right? So when these people were having problems in surgery, no one leapt to the conclusion that, hey, maybe somebody's tampering with these things. Yeah. But when a healthy person goes home and takes an IV fluid bag and immediately dies, people start asking questions. That's intense. I wonder why he was doing that. We're gonna get to that. Like, was he being paid? To, like, no. Do that. <laughs> that's, that's, all right. Hey, what do you think, uh, uh, Travis? Why do you think he was doing it? What, oh man, you have I, any idea? I did hear that last story that you talked about, where a woman took it home um, and she had like a cardiac uh, incident. I don't know why. Like, I couldn't even speculate as to why he did it. Maybe just for experimental purposes. No, uh, we'll talk about. It. I don't want to ruin the surprise. That's okay. going to be the very end. So, okay. all right. Uh, but anyway, so the the girl died, right? So they do a toxicology report. And she had toxic levels of bupivacaine. So bupivacaine or marcaine, which is the other name for it, is a drug I use all the time. It's a local anesthetic. So when I do, say, like a trauma surgery and somebody you know, injures their hand, I'll inject bupivacaine around the nerves to deaden them. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. You know, it's an anesthetic, like like uh, Novocaine that you get at the yeah. dentist. The problem is, is that if it gets into your bloodstream, it's very, very toxic. Like it affects your heart very negatively and can cause your heart to stop. Mm -hmm. And so what he allegedly did was put this Marcaine or Bipivacaine into the IV fluid bags and then the, a doctor would grab, or not a doctor, but one of the OR staff would take it to another OR and, and the patient would get it and then they would have the bad problems. And then when the girl took that home, and did it to herself at home where it's not a controlled setting like an OR where you can kind of correct problems like that. She just immediately died. And so when that happened, people started asking questions and then that's what you were talking about, the video of him putting the bags in. And so yeah. then they pulled all the bags out and they found needle holes in them and then they found the bipivacaine in the bags. So he was purposely, allegedly, purposely tampering with these bags, which brings up the question of why. Of why. Now, yeah. this is something that I heard through the grapevine. It's not, Ooh. yeah, I mean, this is something you won't see in the news anywhere. And what I was told is that the place that he works is what's called an open anesthesia pool, which means at the place I work, the anesthesia is set. Like it's one group and no one else can come in, okay? But at this place, it could be anyone. And so what I heard is that he was trying to induce bad outcomes for the other doctors so that it would thin the pool of competition for him. So he was doing it to basically get more work. Now, I don't know if that's true. It's what I heard from sources that... What a psychopath. Well, and so that brings up the Either other thing way, about his... Psychopath. <laughs> that's, it brings up his history, right? So it's like, was there any tip-off to this, right? So, I, you know, when something bad happens, everyone asks, like, were there any warning signs? And, you know, looking at this guy's history, like, there definitely were. Like, he was convicted of, you know, animal, animal cruelty at one point. I think he shot, like, a neighbor's dog or something. And then he had a couple issues of domestic violence and assault uh, on his so record. So he's just a really cool person. All yeah, <laughs> you know, um, definitely I would say there were some warning signs. Yeah. And uh, it brings up a lot sick. of interesting questions when something happens like this. It's like, okay how do you prevent something like this from happening in the future? And it's really hard, right? Because it's, it's, it's like the old adage, if somebody you know, really wants to cause mayhem, it's hard to prevent that. You, know, you, can, you can take away some easy ways, right? Like you can't go to Walmart and buy like a nuclear bomb, right? Mm -hmm. But if people are gonna get creative, like you, know, you look at the Oklahoma City bomber guy, like he got like fertilizer and diesel and you know, blew up a building. Like, and of course this is, well, most of the time, I feel like people like that are really charismatic, nice, happy people on the outside, and you would never suspect them of being that type of person. Sometimes. You know, I and wonder. So it's I, like they get away with stuff like that just because of their... Could be like, like, they, feel, like that really strong kind of manipulative personality. Yeah, what's that murderer dude that like Ted... Ted Bundy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, wasn't he like super charismatic? Supposedly, yeah, yeah. He would yeah. like lure people, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Sociopath. Yeah, it brings up a lot of questions and, you know, there's going to be a lot of unpacking of this. And, uh, you know, I think because I, I sit on the medical executive committee for Surgery Center myself. And so I'm sure that the next meeting, you know, we'll be talking about, like, you know, do we need to, like, upguard our safeties or oh, uh, increase bet, our safeties? I bet you will. It's just so hard, though, because, like, you know, or how to, do you prevent to keep it from everything happening? under lock and key becomes a little bit difficult, you know. So it's there's just so many things in surgery that could be tampered with that. I'm not sure how you would do it. I mean, I think the first thing is, is that you do have monitoring systems. Mm -hmm. You know, you have 
Like to get into my building, I have to use a, a key card, right? Yeah. So like if I go into my building, like there's a record that that occurred. Well, the problem is, is that I'm expected to be there, but it does prevent somebody from coming in the middle of the night, right? If they see yeah. that Dr. So-and-so came through in the middle of the night and then there was problems, it could yeah. trigger an alarm. I guess the best thing would be just a better vetting system for, for yeah. getting, allowing somebody yeah. like him to practice. With so, those things in his background, like those should have been like, I, that's a very, very Maybe smart you thing shouldn't to say. Be taking care of people. Yeah, I mean that was the big thing that came up with the original Doctor Death. His name was Doctor Dinch. You know, he ended up going to prison because yeah. of all of like the bad outcomes he had. And so, I, I can kind of give you some insight into that. You know, the reason that Doctor Dinch, the original Doctor Death, <clears throat> was allowed to practice was because people were flat out afraid to be sued. You know, if you go to get privileges in a hospital and you're refused that, like you do have that potential to sue the facility for you know, wrongful failure to allow them to work there. Like some sort of, not discrimination like based on, you know, race or sex or mm -hmm. anything like that, but like basically, you know, the facility's saying that you're like not worthy to be a doctor and you, you can take someone to court over that. Yeah. And so it becomes a very sticky situation where, yeah, you want to vet people, but it's like, okay, if, you know, if somebody has something happen to them, is that really like a big warning sign? I, for this guy, I don't know, he had a lot going on in his past, so. Scary. It is scary, right? I mean, it's, it's just, it, I don't know, there's just bad people out there. And it's hard to protect against it. Well, that guy looked real weird. Yeah, it's going to be really... A picture of him. <laughs> well, we'll have to circle back to this because I, I, I think that we're going to see, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, how can we protect patients better? Because at the yeah. end of the day, like, you know, when you run a facility, the ultimate goal is patient safety. You know, patient, patient safety and surgery and, you know, the things that go along with mm -hmm. that. So, very interesting. Crazy that is stuff. Wild. Wild stuff. All right. So moving on. So I want to do a little bit different segment. We did a different segment last week, the yes. fall fashion, which I love. So we need you to like maybe next week we'll have Oh, I have plans. You got plans? Yes. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear about <laughs> it. But I want to do a little bit of different segment here. Uh, now we have a you know crew that's here every week. And uh, I thought people might want to get to know us a little bit better. And so I want to do like questions about us that yeah, we could answer it. Trump's fun. So, Travis, I hope you're ready. I kind of I kind of sprung this one on you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm ready. I I'm, I haven't read the questions just yet. No, you haven't. Not yet, but I did upload them into the system, so I should have just kind of glanced through them a little bit. All right, well, I'll go first. I'll, I'll give you time to think. I got you. All right, let's throw them up. All right, question one. As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? So you me, okay, you go first. I'll go first. Hmm. And I'm going to, uh, did you think I wanted to be a doctor? I don't think so. I bet you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I, you know, and it's funny when I tell you what I wanted to be, there's like a clear reason for it. So I wanted to be a fighter pilot in the military. Okay. And you know why I wanted to be a fighter pilot in the military? Top Gun? Because I was 10 years old when Top Gun came out. <laughs> that is the, that's the reason I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And I almost did it. I, um, I, that was my plan. And I could I, see you with a mustache. Dude, would I have to have a mustache? <laughs> Sure. And like a big magnum PI mustache. Dude, I look pretty funny with a mustache. Like I do a lot of like dressing up for like Halloween or you know whatever. Like we go to Scarborough Fair, so I've grown some. I can grow like a wicked beard. Like mm -hmm. it's impressive. Uh, so I can I can do a pretty good. I can Doctor <laughs> Doctor Bruce Maverick Herman. That's gonna be the new name. So I almost did it too. I actually I did get accepted to the U U.S. Air Force Academy. Oh wow. In Colorado Springs, and the reason I didn't go was because at that time, so that was 1994. There was huge cutbacks to the military uh, during the Clinton years, and they, they I, I flat out asked them, you know, what are my chances of getting a pilot slot? And they were a little pessimistic about it because of the cutbacks to the military, 
And also because at the time you had to have perfect vision. And you couldn't do laser. And you couldn't do laser. Oh, and wow. I had perfect vision at that time, but all of my family members wore, wear glasses. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that I was going to lose it and then I would go to all that work and I wouldn't get a pilot slot. So I, I didn't go. I backed out. So anyway, interesting. That I guess. is. That's fun, though. That's what did you want to be when you were growing up, Sarah? I wanted to be a dentist. A dentist? <laughs> wow, that's very good. So uh, you used to change your mind? And Whenever I was little, I had, I don't even remember his name, but my mom would remember his name. Uh, he was like one of my favorite people ever. Like he was like- Like your personal dentist? Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I loved going to the dentist. You love going yeah. to the dentist? I don't know why, but I <laughs> loved different. him. That's That's awesome. I really did. But it's yeah. funny how people like inspire you like that, right? It's yeah. Like, you know, your dentist obviously was a very inspiring person. Yeah, he just seemed so happy and like he got loved it, working on teeth. Yeah. Making people happy. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I want to be a dentist. This sounds awesome. <laughs> very funny. Travis, what about you, man? Growing up. Um, I think growing up, the one thing I probably wanted to be was a teacher. I think really? I wanted Yeah, I think I wanted to be a teacher when I was growing up. I thought that they had like the funnest job ever, and then I realized you had to actually be smart. In order to be a teacher, and I was like, "Yeah, that probably ain't gonna be my my, oh, uh, my travel." Do, dude, you have to be smart to run that booth, man. You're oh, like, man. A, hey, it's like you're operating a nuclear I power plant. Dude. Number one for teacher, you gotta be patient. Oh, facts. Yeah, yeah definitely facts. Sure. But I think teacher, yeah, that was probably what I wanted to be when I grew up. Awesome. Yeah. All right, what's question two? I've already forgotten what the questions are now. Let's throw them up there. <laughs> oh, do you collect anything? Okay. All right. Can we go first? This is a yeah. good one. I'll this go first. All right. So you know one thing I collect. I collect vintage T-shirts. I've a collection that's overtaking my house. But I have two other things I collect. One is sunglasses. Yes. I love sunglasses. The sunglasses <laughs> that you showed me from Colorado, right? Right, yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons I went to Colorado the, a couple weeks ago was to buy a pair of sunglasses. And the other thing I collect that you guys probably don't know about, I have a collection of exotic tarantulas in my home. Like exotic living. tarantulas? Yep. You have like an ecosystem of I do. tarantulas? Yeah, tra well, like you have to Ugh. separate them. So like... They each have their own little ecosystem. Wait, would they kill each other? Yeah, yeah. You can't put them together; they'll kill each other. Yeah. Oh. Do but you take them out and like like play no, with them? No. So so the most beautiful ones are extremely venomous. So uh, you have okay, to be okay. really careful. So so being a, a tarantula keeper is a pretty interesting thing because they're fine in their cages. Uh huh. The tricky part is when you want to move them from one cage to the other because most of the times you buy them and they're we call them slings or spiderlings or baby spiders. And you put them in like an appropriate size container, well, they grow. Yeah. And then you have to take them from one to the other. And tarantulas are fast. Like people <laughs> think spiders are slow. No, they're, they're very quick. Yeah. And so I have this like whole like uh, system of how I get them from one. What do you feed them? Oh, that was my next question. Yeah. Crickets. Oh. Are they live crickets? Yeah, they're live. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's dope. I've only seen one. Tr I've seen one tarantula like in the wild. I really? was in the woods and it scared Man, me. Man, I should have brought some pictures because me. I was like, why is there a fuzzy thing like moving? <laughs> yeah. I've only seen tarantulas on Eight Legged Freaks. That was an old movie back in the day. I think oh, called man. Eight Legged Freaks. I used uh, to love that movie. I should have brought some pictures because I have some that are just utterly stunningly beautiful and big. Like my biggest one is about about that oh, big. Oh wow. Yeah. It, no, it, do you have cool. one named Charlotte? I don't. That's <laughs> a good name. I should have done that. <laughs> I, I used to name them all and I eventually quit naming them because, like, you know, when you buy the little babies, they don't always survive. And then I, I hate naming something, and then it, it croaks. Well, you should definitely name one Charlotte. That's great. That's a good idea. Dang, I didn't think For of that. Sure. <laughs> when I was thinking of spider names, that one totally like escaped me. That's All right, the, that's what do you collect, Sarah? One. Um, I mean, I guess clothes, oh, shoes. Yeah. 
Clothes and shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think mainly shoes. Shoes. I would say I have a healthy shoe uh, collection. If you had to guess, how many shoes would you say you had? Like just ballpark. Oh that God. many, golly! I'd say like twenty pairs. Okay, that's least. a good little bunch. That's not like an insane amount. Yeah. That's not like that's not like a hoarder amount where you have no. like five hundred. No, no, like I don't collect them for like and just look at them. Like I, yeah. I wear them. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good bunch. Cool. Travis, you that's got any collections, one. man? Um, so I collect two things actually. It's funny. I collect kind of like Sarah's shoes. Yeah. Um, I would say I have probably like thirty pairs of shoes. Now, do you collect like like Jordans and stuff like that? Jordans, Nikes. Um, there's like these overseas like um Chinese brands that are like really comfortable and really stylish, but they're right. more like New Balance style. I, got I guess would be the way to describe it. I don't. And then also like foreign currency. Um, really? Yeah, some of my, my friends, they, like, go overseas. I haven't actually been overseas yet, but um, I, I have Vietnamese Dong. Um, I have Iraqi Dinar, and then I have a friend of mine actually right now in Ghana, and they're going to bring me, um, like, some money back, basically, nice. when they get back. So I have a couple, like, different foreign, foreign currencies that I collect. Dude, I got something for you. I It's sitting on my desk at home. We were in the Bahamas a uh-huh. few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And I... And I I tried to get rid of all my bohemian money, but I have a couple of bucks. I'll bring you some. Please, I will give you the equivalent. In no, it. dude, I no, love it. I love foreign yeah, money. It's so man, cool. No problem. I'll bring it next week. I got you. Awesome. All right, what's our next one? Oh, uh, what's your favorite sporting team? Okay, <laughs> so I, I, I it's a really, loaded question. I really have two favorite sports. I For love real. ice hockey and I love college football. If I had to pick like one favorite team, it'd be the Dallas Stars. Like I'm a big. Stars fan. I went to go see them when I was little, and I went to see the Stanley Cup when they had it. You did? Yeah, oh, that's I got awesome. to touch it. You did, yeah. I actually have a funny story about that. They had the Stanley Cup there one time when I was at a game, and I, I, I gave my friend my phone. I said, take, will you take a picture of me kissing the Stanley Cup? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so I kissed the Stanley Cup, and the guards went nuts. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Like, they, like, yelled at me. And so in the picture, like, there's one of me kissing, and the next one's me going like this. Because the guards are, like, getting ready to, like, give me a beat down. <laughs> I, was, I was just a little girl, so they were probably, okay. like, Whatever. That's too funny. <laughs> I was gonna ask you too, Sarah. Like, did you drink out of it? But now that Dr. Herman said he kissed it oh, and they went crazy. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't really. I, they don't even want you touching it. Oh, yeah, I, I was like maybe twelve. Oh, yeah. I have tickets. You, you guys will have to go. I'll give you my tickets. I love time. watching. Yeah. The stars hockey. fans are like intense. So I went to a couple Stars games last year. They are intense. Oh, dude, they're great. Man, I'll, I'll, love I'll look it. you guys up. I actually, I, I have season tickets, so you guys will have to go. That's dope. Check it out. I will All right, go. What's your team? 100%. Oh, uh, see, did you go? Yeah. Do you have a favorite team? Do you like sports? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I love football. Football. I mean, I love, <laughs> I love the Cowboys. The Cowboys. God almighty. Like, they, they yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, they're just, like, someday. <laughs> someday. I feel like that they're always going to be God. Like, yes, forever. Every for Cowboys fan, someday. Yeah. Always and forever. I'm not, like, a huge, like, pro football fan. And, like, but I love them. Growing up, I, I was that guy that grew up in Dallas and, like, the 49ers. Oh, no. I was, like, a Joe Montana. Like, I worship Joe Montana. I mm. thought he was so cool. And so all my friends hated me because I was, like, I mean, I would cheer for the Cowboys, but – I would cheer for the 49ers over the Cowboys. Yeah, wow. like whenever I'm watching football, I'm like, okay, Cowboys first, then Houston. Houston, maybe. yeah, sure. But, uh, but I definitely love the Rangers, too. Oh, yeah, baseball. Yeah, I Always used to go, down for some baseball. I grew up yeah. whenever Nolan Ryan was pitching for the Rangers, yeah. so I saw him pitch a few times. I used to um, buy that kind of stuff, that memorabilia yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Fun fact, I owe my uncle Texas Day Brazil because when the 49ers played the Cowboys – 
last season. Uh-huh. We lost, unfortunately, for whatever reason. We lost, you know, miraculously. Yeah. Um, and we bet yeah, Texas Day we Brazil. Never lose. We Did never you? lose, right? I, I bet him Texas I'm Day Brazil, bad. and now I owe him Texas Day oh, Brazil. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it. Um, <laughs> if I had a favorite – well, I do have a favorite sport. My favorite sport is basketball. Okay. Um, yeah. I love basketball. And, of course, my favorite team has to be the Mavericks. The Mavs. Yeah, I'm an MFFL. You can have that. Yeah, that's a bad – that's a good – yeah. You know, team. Yeah. They actually win. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're really good. They win. They, they slightly win. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Let's see. Have you done anything interesting or unique in your life? Uh, so I, I'm i going to tell you guys a story. Now, this is back in my crazy days. <laughs> Uh-oh. Like, it's All not right. anything bad, but, like, if I was going to say something I've done that no one else has done, I just spent a summer in Europe. Uh, studying abroad, and I actually went skinny dipping in Loch Ness, which is oh, wow. where the Loch Ness monster supposedly is. <laughs> so that's probably the most unique thing I've ever that's done. That's scary. That's funny. One of my favorite movies is called Incident at Loch Ness. It's like really? a documentary. Have you seen it? Have no, you but I'm not sure. It's like it a documentary style movie where they investigate the Loch Ness monster, yeah. but it's very like parody ish. It's super nice. Oh, it's super is cool. it? Yeah, it's, it's a really good movie, though. So we went out there purposely to this town on Loch Ness because they had a Loch Ness Monster Museum. And uh, it was pretty cool. Like, it was really rural. And, like, you know, we went down to the lock and met some people. And we were, like, all like, oh, let's go swimming in the lock. That's so uh, funny. It's really cold, though. It was the middle of the summer, but that lake's really, really deep. Yeah. Like, I think it's something like 200 meters deep, which that's really deep for a lake. Mm -hmm. And so the water's, like, freezing cold even in the summer. So, yeah, you don't swim in it very long at night. My goodness. I I would feel so exposed. One, because it's like... I think that's the point, though. Like, it's yeah, the that's, purpose. A, that's the whole thing. Right? I it's know, but then there, but then creepy. also you're naked, and then some yeah. creepy monster could come up oh. and be like, <laughs> done. <laughs> Fortunately, that didn't happen. But Thanks. Yeah. What, anything interesting you guys have done? Sarah? Um, honestly, I think the most interesting thing about me or the stuff that I do is, like, what I do now. Yeah? Like, whenever, like, growing up, like, pretty normal I can see you being like Person. pretty pretty good kid. I was. Yeah, not getting in trouble. I never did anything bad. The the biggest thing I did was get married at nineteen. That was oh, the oh, most wow. bad thing I did. That's, not That's bad. interesting it's though. Just, yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah, but so far now I think the most interesting thing about me is that like I own my own business, I do yeah. YouTube, social media, you are all that girl. kind of stuff. Yeah. That's so dope. and then this. This is yeah. cool. Absolutely. This is the most interesting we've done. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about you, man. Anything cool um, you've done in your life? So one interesting thing that I've done, um, I hopped in a car one time, uh, my car, of course, and I drove eight hours to New Mexico um, by myself on like a solo trip. And I didn't tell anybody where I was going until I actually got there. Um, Were and you going I, to visit somebody? No, it was just me just hopping in the car, just going by myself. Just on a trip? Like just a on a trip. trip, yeah, just That's to get cool, away from though. Yeah, just to get away from everything and everybody. Yeah. Um, this happened, I just turned 30 in July, so this happened for my 30th birthday. I was like, I just want to drive somewhere, and I drove smooth across Texas to New Mexico. And it's beautiful. Like, it's you know, great. I yeah, think everybody has that feeling. Yeah. Like, gosh, Thanks. I just want to like go. It's like yeah. the wanderlust or whatever it is. Yeah. Just, like, get I out met a there. bunch of cool people. You you forced to meet people too when you travel yeah. by yourself. I sure. met a bunch of cool people out in New Mexico. Dude, so. are you gonna do that again, man? Oh, Up of course. Yeah, and they had some good food out there too. I'm gonna dri- I'm gonna drive somewhere else, but uh, yeah, they right. had some great food out there too. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Excellent. Thanks. All right, we'll see. I think we've got one or two more. What do we got? Oh, yeah, what do you do for fun on Saturday nights? Uh, so my wife and I are big foodies. Uh, mm-hmm. So well, we like food and we like music. So, like, on a Saturday night, like, really common for us might, you know, hit a restaurant, and then we love seeing live music. If there's, like, a band playing somewhere, we'll definitely check that out. That's so. dope. 
It's a spot in Deep Ellum called The Freeman. You might check out. Oh, it. I, I know John J. Myers that oh, okay. owns the, the Freeman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know John? I don't know John, but I know The Freeman, and they have, yeah. like, really great, like, vibes. So, there. yeah, the, the owner, John J. Myers, a, a guy, and I haven't connected with him in a long time, but he's a good dude. He owns that. He's also a musician, and, like, cool. he plays in the band there. And Yeah, I, I love Deep Ellum, and, and The Freeman's really cool. Yeah, so have, have you been there and checked it out? Mm -mm. No? It's pretty it's cool. Dope. Right on. Yeah. Cool. What do you like to do? I know some of the things you like to do. Yeah. Because uh, we met like two yeah. like <laughs> Most of the time, I love to just go out with my friends, um, just, you know, have a good drink here and yeah. there. And then whenever I'm with my kid, yeah. I love to take her to the movies and, like, oh, do, awesome. like, games and yeah. stuff. Sarah's being super modest. Like, she has, like, the most exciting Instagram page and uh, no facts. Like, and you have really good um, photo shoots and angles. But I she was like, does. who, who takes her pictures? Like, I need that person know, with right? me all the time. I, I, w I was actually tapping her brain the other day. It's like, how do I make my stuff look as good as your right. stuff? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creative. Practice. You just scroll down to the very beginning when I used to just take pictures of my dogs. Yeah. Oh, God. And just, like. <laughs> Or the sky. Yeah, you've come really so far. Good. Come so far. What do you like to do, Travis? Saturday night. So I actually have another job outside of here. I talk, I work for a radio station in the city. So do you? yeah, I work for K104 is the station. So on Saturdays, me and two co-hosts, we actually do our like radio show on Saturday nights. So I don't really get a lot of free time. I'm gonna on have Saturdays. to check it out. I'm gonna check it oh, out. Oh yeah, man. It's, it's called Young Texas. We are on K104, 104.5 in Dallas, Texas. I will definitely check I list, that out. I have that station on my on my car. Preset? Yeah, yeah. facts. I so, always yeah. have since I was a kid. Facts. Since I cool. can drive a car. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love K104. All right, last one. Well, something on your bucket list. All right, I'll go first. Like, so this is like way down the line of my bucket list, but I want to go live like for nine months or a year in like different cities. Like oh, wow. I want to live like, I want to live like a year like in Paris or New York City or Tokyo. You know? That's cool. That's yeah, cool. I would love it. So it's like it's like you want to go to that city and like immerse yourself, like not move there permanently, but like you know get like a an apartment for a year, and just like really experience the city like the way that somebody that lived there full time would. So I've, al I've always wanted to do that. And the problem is, I my job won't allow it. Yeah, I have to be retired or do something else. Be a traveling surgeon. It's hard. <laughs> That's a good idea, but it's actually a lot harder than that. Sure. Uh, you got yeah, any bucket lists? You guys are so young. Like you probably. Like, I have a lot Do of you? bucket okay. list things. Like short term, I want to take the girls that hope uh, the girls that work for me at my store, and I want to take them to Las Vegas to the um, the big market that they have there. Oh, like the fashion market. Yeah. Ooh, they have that, be awesome. and yeah, I've always wanted to go there. But I've been. I have. I want goal. I want to have some goals set at my store first before I do that. But that's right. a short-term girl. But like, that's awesome. One of my other ones is to go to France. I've never been there. I've been to Greece. That's the only place that I've been to outside Greece. of the United States. I've never. I've, oh, I've, nice. I've been to. I've never been to Greece. But I do recommend France. Like, yeah. Paris is amazing. Yeah, Greece was. Awesome. Yeah, but I also cool. really like Greek mythology and oh, the beach. Oh, do you? I do too. Yeah. Like, that stuff's like, I'm like a nerd out on that Greek mythology <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's so totally. interesting. <laughs> Besides like travel, um, like I do want to go to like Sweden or like Finland. I've, I've never yeah. seen those places, but I do want to go there. London is also on my bucket list For sure. um, to go to, but I, I want to do that really soon, like next year. Do um, it, man. Now's I am. Time. I am. But my probably my biggest thing on my bucket list is, is honestly to shake Lil Wayne's hand. 
I'm a big like I'm a big Lil Wayne fan. I'm a huge Lil Wayne fan. Dude, we need to like we need the show to like go super viral, and then Thanks. we can have him on as a guest, so we can knock that out. It's, it's on the way. It's All on right, the way. man. We got to. Yes, we'll work on and that. Then we could talk to him about if he's ever had plastic <laughs> surgery. <laughs> would you Dude, ever consider? That would be great, man. Lil Wayne needs to be our first guest. That would be awesome. Thanks. <laughs> All right, uh, do we have time for any questions, Travis? We do. Okay, what we do we got today? So, um, the Q&A. Brittany Longo. So we, we pulled some questions off Instagram okay. and TikTok. Brittany Longo on Instagram. She said, are anesthesia complications rare? Okay, so surgery, in surgery, anesthesia Well, we mm -hmm. just talked about that. <laughs> that uh, yes, as long as you don't, like, got Dr. Death, like, you know, at your right. place, right? Yeah. Uh, but, no, in all seriousness, um, anesthesia has become super safe. Like, there, there were times when anesthesia was you know, carried more risks. And, and basically what's happened is, you know, our technology's gotten better, our drugs have gotten better, you know, our knowledge of how to prevent problems has gotten better. And so, yeah, I mean, as long as I've been doing surgery, which is like 20 years, I mean, I can honestly only think of like one of my own patients that had a complication from anesthesia. And it was something where they ended up being totally fine, but unfortunately they had to go in the hospital, you know, unexpectedly to kind of re recover from something, but, but they ended up being fine. So, I mean, I've done thousands upon thousands of surgeries. So, you know, that percentage is very, very low. Yeah, so. absolutely. Okay. Um, so this next name is, is kind of funny. Rubbing Buddha's belly on Instagram. <laughs> I love social media. Names. They're just, I call them the <laughs> they, um, they ask, uh, what are your thoughts on skin threading? I think it is. Yeah. Threading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about it a couple of times in the past. So for, for, so I don't know if you were here when we talk about threading. So it's basically no, where they run those like almost like suture material through the skin to like pull it to get rid of wrinkles. Yeah, no. it's something that plastic surgeons don't really do. Like most plastic surgeons will tell you not to do it um, because the results are kind of ho-hum. Like it's not something that doesn't do anything. It does give you some skin tightening, but there's, you know, the downsides are, you know, how effective is it? How long does it last? But then mostly is that you can have some complications from it. And so uh, I'm not a big fan of threading. Like there's other things out there to tighten skin, like like we were talking about, like lasers and, you know, Morpheus, which is microneedling. Um, so and those I, are I, just, those have better results usually? Um, yeah, I would say, th I mean, I think they're at the very least comparable, if not better, but the risks are lower. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just, am, I'm, I'm a low risk kind of guy. Like I don't do risky stuff because why, you know, when you can, you know, make people happy doing things that are not risky. So yeah. I, I, I'm not a big fan of threading personally. So. That Absolutely. Like the best way. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the last question we have is actually from TikTok, um, from the pandemic, uh, is their name on TikTok. Do you ever use leeches on patients? Leeches, yeah. Leeches. Oh so, my god. So, have you guys heard of that? Leeches in medicine? Mm -mm. I've I, I've kind of heard of it, yeah. like uh, kind of in passing, but can you so expand on it? The answer that is, have I ever used leeches? Is yes, I have used them. Oh wow. Um, so the way plastic surgeons use leeches is when you have some tissue that's engorged with blood. So mm -hmm. I can think of two reasons that I've used them. Um, like one is if you do a flap procedure where you move tissue from one area to the other, sometimes the blood flow gets a little off in that tissue and it'll get more blood in than blood can come out. And if it gets too full of blood, it can actually be harmful to that tissue. So you put leeches on it and the leeches draw out the blood and, and they're, they're surgical leeches. Like right. you would, you'd get on the internet and you order them and they show up at the hospital the next day and you put them on there. And that's wild I, that people <laughs> like medical, it's medical grade leeches. Yeah. That's yeah. a real thing. 
Um, the other thing that you might use them for is like, you know, if you had like, like say like an ear injury, like where it wasn't like you did surgery on it, but like it got engorged with blood, you could put a leech on there to help draw like it out. Like cauliflower ear? That's a little bit different, but I mean, you're on the kind of the right track, you mm. know. Cauliflower ear is like when the cartilage overgrows. This would be more like oh. if you got like blood in between it or something. Oh, okay. But the flaps is the big one. I, I've used leeches for that. Um, oh. I just don't do that type of surgery much anymore, so I haven't used leeches in years. But, but I have in the past, and they, uh, to my knowledge, they still are used from time to time. Wild. And yeah. then one more comment. Uh, yeah. One more. Com we had a, a good, a good like couple comments in the, the comment nice. section today. Uh, Dwight Crown over. He said, "Love your talk show. I learn so much every time I watch it." Oh, thanks, and Dwight. We appreciate you watching. Yeah, exactly. Cindy. She also said, "Lighthouse Art Space off Harwood is the name of the exhibit place." Lighthouse Art Space. Off yeah, Harwood. off yeah. Harwood. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that was That's it. the one. Yeah, I think Cindy. Cindy is probably my wife, Cindy. It so is. That, that <laughs> thanks, Cindy. Thanks, She's babe. tuned in. Thanks, babe. <laughs> So, all right, well, I think that about wraps up our show. Yeah. Please, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We really do appreciate that. We thank you so much for watching, and we will catch you next week.